the goal is try to build it for that 80% they give you. You get there, you know, anywhere from four to six months total. And so now you have six months of this three and a half percent interest only payment while you can still rent it out for those first six months, which gives you an opportunity to build up a lot of cash reserves. I'm just now entering my uh, permanent financing here this next month, and I've been paying $400 a month in interest only on the loan while getting $1,800 a month. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today we have Jess White. Jess is an investor in the Bay Area who builds new construction homes in Texas. And with his strategy, he's able to purchase vacant lots and build new cash-flowing homes with almost no money down. If you're interested in building new homes out of state, stay tuned to figure out how it's done. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. Enjoy. So thanks so much for coming on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and how you get into real estate. Sure. First of all, thanks for having me on, Sean. Uh, my name is Jess White and I'm 26 years old. I'm pretty new to real estate. Started about a year and a half ago. Basically, the way I found it was uh, I was at a birthday party for an uncle of mine when I was 21, and my cousin was there, and he had just gotten laid off from a job, and he had been in real estate for about a year, and he was just crushing it. And so I started talking to him. I had no idea about it. I was a financial wreck at the time. I had like credit card debt, car loans, all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, he starts talking to me about he's building houses, and he's doing really well, and he started building them and renting them out to people. And I just thought, wow, like, that's so cool. I don't know why I've never thought of that. We kept talking and I said, man, like, how do I learn more about this? And of course, it was the cliche answer. He said, you've got to read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> of course, everybody starts off, right? And I wasn't a big reader at the time. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go read that book. And so I read it. And of course, my gear started turning. And I went from, you know, the mindset of just buying things to waste my money to thinking, wow, now I can buy assets and these assets can make me money. Before I could get into real estate, my first step was I've got to get my first financial house in order because it, like I said, it was pretty rough. So I started paying off car loans and credit cards and different things like that. And about that time, I had all that taken care of. I ended up taking a job uh, originally from Texas. So I moved out here three years ago. And took a job out here, moved out to the Bay Area, and finally started making some decent money. And I thought, man, like now's the time to start investing in real estate. Obviously, my first stop was to look local, you know, in the Bay Area. And I thought, man, it's really expensive to get started out here. So my second thought was, well, why not just look where I grew up? And it was pretty affordable. The jobs were stable. It wasn't just one industry. And so... I look back to the small town I grew up in. It's called Longview, Texas. It's about 100 miles east of Dallas. And started looking at some duplexes and different multifamily properties like that. And nothing really like stuck out to me. It was all kind of overpriced. I remember thinking back to, to my cousin and he was building. And I, and I thought, man, like I'd love to do that. Like You get a new property, you get less problems with it. And so my next step, I talked to him. I ended up going on a fishing trip with him in Canada. We talked 
the whole week about real estate. So my dad, he actually, back in 2008, he had built a spec home and it didn't go very well. He basically just broke even on it, but he knew how to build houses and he just retired and he was kind of bored. And I approached him and I said, Hey, you know, I'm in California and I really want to get into real estate. I said, you know how to build a house. So how about I hire you to build a house and uh, we'll make it into a rental. And he said, sure. So I called my cousin and he actually had some spare house plans and he ended up giving us a house plan. And I had some questions throughout the process. And so that's kind of how we got started. We built our first one last year and we're doing two more currently. So still pretty new to the game, but I really enjoy the niche of new construction. Dude, that's super exciting. So are you still working full-time now? I'm working full-time. Yeah, working 40 hours a week and then doing this on the side. Perfect. Actually, around the same age as you, I think 21 is when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I actually have a copy of it on my desk right here. Uh, we read it, you know, to get that refresher. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. And yeah, same. 26 is when I kind of got started with real estate investing and started uh, flipping homes and whatnot. And so, yeah, I mean, you have a super bright future ahead of you. So well, thank you. Yeah. It's really cool to have family who's in the game who can actually guide you and teach you guys what's up. So let's talk about um, your projects over in Texas. So they're back in Long Beach, Texas. Long Beach, right? Long View. Like- oh, Long View. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about, I guess, the whole process. So you guys did one already and you're doing two more at the time. Do you want to just kind of like walk through a project for us? Sure. So honestly, going into the first one, I didn't know hardly anything about it. And so I depended a lot on outside help and just hopping on the phone, calling people that knew what they were doing. And it just kind of worked step by step. But the first thing they told me is, you've got to get a house plan. Basically, we got a house plan. And then the next step was to find a lot where we could build. And of course, I had the boots on the ground there. And also could look online for different areas that were up and coming and things that were looking bright. Long story short, we ended up finding a lot. It was $35,000 in a subdivision. And in the small town, I grew up there. I knew this. I went to the high school. And there was no quality rentals there. There was nothing new construction. They were all, you know, pretty crummy duplexes and really old single family rentals. And I thought, man, we've got an opportunity here. Let's build a house here and this will be our first start. So we got the house plan. We got the lot under contract, which all we did was we contacted the owner, said, hey, we want to buy this. And we wrote out the contract. And then we went to the local credit union, which we've since built a good relationship with. And they asked for information here and there. And I kind of learned that whole process. They would get you to do what's called a spec sheet and you'd estimate what everything's going to cost. And you give that to them and they use that information, the spec sheet, and they use the plans. And then they give that to an appraiser and the appraiser goes out to the neighborhood and they give you an appraisal. And so at this time, I didn't really know how the financing worked. They just kind of walked me through it. I had expected to, you know, have to cough up 20% down, which was going to be about close to $40,000. I was ready to do that. And we got to closing time and the bank was like, Hey, just wanted to see if you wanted to put any money down or not. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, don't I have to like, well, no, I mean, we'll loan 80% of the value that we appraise it at. I'm like, okay. And he said, basically any money you need past, you know, what we give you, you can just come out of pocket with, which was pretty cool. And so we did, we closed on it, no money down through this local credit union. Long story short, I found out that you can actually 
continue to do this with no money down as long as you can build it within that 80% loan to value, which I had no idea. And so you can basically get into a brand new home for very long. I think I got, I was probably $5,000 into the whole house out of pocket for a $220,000 house. So after it's all finished, it's going to be worth $220,000? Yeah, this the first one's already done. So, Got it. And then do you plan on selling those or did you just hold on to them as rentals? Uh, I don't want to sell them. I want to hold them for a long time. The idea of selling them was just, for me, it's like killing the golden goose that brings me money every month. So, And I like the cash flow. Yeah. Typically people, they flip or they do new construction so they can sell properties and then take that capital to then buy long-term rentals. But you can just create your own rentals with zero dollars down. That's amazing. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the reverse bird method, I call it. <laughs> right. And do you mind sharing what kind of terms you're getting with your local credit union? Yeah, the terms are actually pretty exciting. Um, that's another thing I had no idea going in. I just really hit the ground running and wanted to learn and make the mistakes along the way. But the terms starting off were 3.5% interest only for 12 months. And then after that, it would go into a 15-year for 5%. But once you get into permanent financing, you can refinance into a 30-year. So one of the really cool parts about the interest only, so... The goal is, okay, try to build it for that 80% they give you. And you get there, you know, anywhere from four to six months total. And so now you have six months of this three and a half percent interest only payment while you can still rent it out for those first six months, which gives you an opportunity to build up a lot of cash reserves. Like I'm just now entering my uh, permanent financing here this next month in October, and I've been paying $400 a month in interest only on the loan while getting 1800 bucks a month for rent. That's an amazing strategy. Yeah. Thank you. So where did you get that first deal? Did you just find it on MLS? Uh, The first deal was not on the MLS. It was, it was a neighborhood next to the high school I went to. And I knew it was kind of the, the hot area people wanted to be. And they basically met all the criteria I was looking for to build a house on. So, so did you just like door knock them or send them direct mail? No, the guy had a, uh, he was selling lots. He didn't have any online listings or anything like that. He had a sign. It just said lots for sale. Got it. And you just said, Hey, I want one. Yeah. He's just old country guy. Okay. And, uh, just called him and said, Hey, I'd like to buy a lot. And he goes, all right, let's do it. (laughs) So how much land were you able to buy for just $35,000? It's a small lot. It's 0.2 acres. 0.2 acres is pretty big, isn't it? Well, this is, you got to remember this is Texas, like East Texas suburbs. Okay. Because I'm thinking like, yeah, 0.2 acres is like, what? I don't know what it is. 8,000 square feet. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) I think the one we just got was 10,000 square feet too. We just bought two. So you know that like 6,000 square foot lots here in the Bay go for like 1.5, maybe 2 million, depending on where where you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a different language. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your build cost. You were able to buy the lot for 35 and build a brand new house for 45? Oh, sorry, 80% of 220, right? Yeah. If I remember right, the total loan uh, they gave us was what, 170, something like that. And we built right around there. So around 140, 150-ish? Yeah. Dang. Or no, the, that's what they loaned us. They loaned us up to 170. And the right. value was at anywhere from 210 to 220. Right. So then you were able to build with the rest, right? So basically one 150 to, to do your build cost? Yeah. Yep. And how did that break down? 
Well, I've since learned that the most expensive part of the process is land. And even though you said that's really cheap for the area, uh, that's really where you make up you know, all your money right there. If you can get an affordable, affordable piece of land, that's going to help you out big time because there's only so much wiggle room, as you know, along the way when it comes to, to building. Mm-hmm. And so how are you managing your deals from afar? Uh, right now, there's not much for me to do as I can just pay my dad to continue building. But before people shut down and, and say like, well, I don't have a dad or a family member to do that for me. There's actually kind of a, a pretty cool thing you can do. And there's a lot of people out there that are just like regular Joes working their 40, 50 hour weeks and they build spec houses and they build one at a time and they finance the whole thing themselves. But I know plenty of people that are in that area and all over the country that would gladly take on a project for someone like say myself and say, Hey, I'll pay you, you know, 10,000 or $15,000 to build this house, but I'll finance the whole thing. Because a lot of those builders, they're not, they're only making 15 to $20,000 like total after all their expenses are paid. So you can jump in there as a new investor and just find someone, not someone that's like super established and you don't want like a complete noob, obviously, but you can find a builder and hire them to build your project. And it's good for them. It's a win-win because they have no money into it and they're making money as well. And Oftentimes, it's not much harder for them to manage an extra project if they're already doing one as well. Mm-hmm. So do these people also have their own crews and everything? Uh, their own contractors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like your dad. So he was, he had to just sub every job out? Yeah, everything's subbed out. He's not doing anything. Wow. So what's the biggest challenge for you guys? Not doing it fast enough. <laughs> uh, you've, right now you said it would take about four to six months, right, per project? Yep. That seems pretty fast. Yeah, that's not bad. So you want even faster than that? Well, I'd like to do more than what we're doing now. So we finished one. Now we're doing two additional side by side. And uh, yeah, I'd like to do, I mean, especially if I can do it for a little out of pocket to do four four more. So we're going to close on four more here in um, the next couple of months after these are done. So, How do you imagine scaling? I don't know yet. I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you probably just have your dad probably have more crews, right? Yeah. And your cousin, is he involved also? He's not, no, but he's doing big development stuff in the area. So he's a big help when I have questions. Got it. So he's like maybe five years ahead of you, right? So in five years, you'll be there too. He's five years. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. So yeah, where are you going to try to find the next, your next deals from? You're just going to call the same guy and keep asking for more lots from him? That's a great question. Um, And that's something I'm exploring right now, where to go next, because I don't want to concentrate all my rentals in one certain town, because I can kind of be all your eggs in one basket. But the big thing, obviously, I'm looking for, just like any investor is looking for, is you obviously want to have cash flow. And I'm looking for an area that has affordable lots, that has good schools. And that's my main criteria right now. They just got to be able to make money. Mm-hmm. What's your like definition of good schools? A good reputation. For example, the area we're building now, it's one of the highest rated schools in the area. And people, they'll pay more for a house in that area just because of the school um, out of all the surrounding counties in that area. So that's pretty important. But other than reputation, I'm not sure. 
and mostly focusing on like elementary and middle schools? Yes, and high school too. Okay. So how would like an investor in the Bay Area find someone who is willing to help them build a house over in another state? That's a really good question. I would say if you knew someone that's building there, like say, for example, like myself, and just let's say that guy's building there, he has connections there, and just say, hey, do you know anyone else that's building? And like, for example, in, in the neighborhood I'm building, there's two other guys that are building in that same neighborhood. Everyone's building to sell. And there's a very high likelihood that just those two people right there, they're doing a good job. They're not like crazy established, but they're not total, you know, newbies as well. They'd probably be happy to take on a project and just getting inside information from someone that's already doing it there and happy to share that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I guess you probably need to travel more, maybe go to some local RIAs in the areas. Sure. And that's a big one. You could do that. Mm-hmm. What kind of square foot homes are you guys making? Like how big are those homes? Sure. The first one we built was 1520 square foot. And that was a three bed, two bath. It rents for 1800. And the mortgage on that is with everything is like a thousand dollars, including insurance. Is that after the interest only portion? Yes, that's what it'll be. So you're already cash flow positive from day one. Yes, day one. Yeah, that's what's exciting about it. I feel like it's one of the best kept secrets. And now here you are telling everybody how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I know that when we had their trade wars, build cost was affected significantly. And, you know, here in the Bay Area, it affected us. But for the most part, I feel like labor was definitely more expensive than materials. But I think over in Texas, it's probably reversed. So, you know, how have those tariffs affected you guys? Uh, I don't think things have changed much and I don't have a super specific answer for you. I'm not that plugged in when it comes to following the day-to-day news and trade war and whatnot, but things have remained pretty, pretty consistent and constant. And they've remained that way for what seems like well over a decade. And uh, what has been the most expensive part when it comes to the construction? Yeah, the framing probably. Let's see, we paid 15000 I think, for the one we just did. Okay. Okay. And so I wanted to share, too, one of the things that I had learned from my uh, cousin was he had sent me a template. He said, you know, just go ahead and fill all this stuff out, and you really don't have to be exact with everything. And this is whenever you're getting a loan from the bank. What you, the idea is you want to inflate the cost of everything to the bank. Like, so let's say if the, uh, the dirt work costs $7,000, just go ahead and put $10,000 on just so the, uh, the appraiser can see that and the bank can see that and they can ideally give you a little more on the loan amount. Obviously you want to be truthful, but you're also giving that, that buffer to yourself. So here's a spec sheet I have, and these are, these are a little bit inflated, but typically you can take about 20 to 30% off those. So plumbing, we've got about $9,000. Concrete slab, you've got about $14,000. Framing labor is definitely wrong what I told you. So $10,000. Framing material, $25,000. So that's that's a pretty big chunk right there. So framing and framing labor is a big one. 
and you've got small expenses here and there. But electrical, that's usually around $7,000. And we're talking three to four bedroom, 15 to 2,000 square foot homes. HVAC, that's around 12 to 15,000. And then painting on this particular one, we put 10,000, but ideally a lot less than that. And driveway sidewalk, we've got 4,000 on that. And just different various expenses like cleanup and you can throw in a builder's fee as well, whatever uh, you can come up with on that. And just something I wanted to share too, obviously there's, there's a lot of ways you can save money on this. And if you're a passive investor like myself, there's not a whole lot you can do from afar. But especially if you're in there in the trenches and you're new to it and you want to save as much money as possible and really um, you know, put that sweat equity into it, you can. Obviously, that's not the long-term goal. But if you want to save money and paint the whole place yourself, it's going to take a long time. But, you know, there's 5000 bucks you can save. And doing a lot of the landscaping yourself. You can lay the grass yourself, different things like that. And that can really help out on that uh, overall cost. Do you have to pull any permits for new construction over in Texas? Yes. So the permit, let's, I'll give you an example. For the first house, it was $1,700. That's definitely not as much as we pay here. No, I know. <laughs> and this, I mean, was it like very streamlined and over the counter or how did that work out? It was pretty simple. You just go down to the courthouse and tell them you want to build a house. And it's pretty quick, less than half an hour. Really? So for us, we have to do like design review, go to the planning commission. People have to approve your project and it takes like many, many, many months. Uh-huh. So then you build it. It takes around nine months to, uh, Oh, I know. Yeah. So you take them about three and four. We're like, wow, you guys are fast. Yeah. Well, the Bay Area is, it's a different beast and there's obviously those higher profit margins you guys can get. But for a new guy like myself breaking into the market, I definitely saw the opportunity, uh, down there in Texas for, for my family. And, uh, you know, was it hard for your, for your dad to hire a bunch of subs to work on a project at the same time? Were there any complications between trades? No, there really wasn't. Um, you know, he had built a house before he built this back house. He's familiar with the process and everything went pretty smooth and nobody really got stepped on or anything like that. And he was able to call, like I said, it's a pretty small town. And so there's a lot of references on who's doing good work and who's affordable and different things like that. So. And so what are your guys' plans for the future? Plans for the future as of right now, the big thing for myself is I do want to be just 100% financially independent within the next two years. Like I said, we're going to be closing on four more, and those will be done by May of next year, which will ideally bring our passive income that we're not having to work for to around 50000 a year. So that's that's exciting for a 26 year old like myself. So that's right. Terrible lot of money, but I think it's pretty cool. And, uh, but your dad is also sharing those profits 50, 50 with you. No, he's just getting the builder's fee. Oh, got it. He's just in, he's in retirement and it's a way to him, for him to make a little extra money. And he's also started building his own to build and sell. So just kind of a little supplement for him. It's not much harder for him to manage an extra one. So so is your plan to leave your full-time job in like two years? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. What I, what I want to do is I want to, after I leave my job, um, be able to do build and sells. So basically, if I were to build four at a time, keep two of them, 
and then sell the other two and kind of use that income to fund our life and as well as put that in the future uh, long-term buy and hold rentals. Right. I mean, it's like I said, a lot of the investors here, that's exactly what they do. They, they flip homes, they do new developments, and they sell it with the intention of taking the capital and then buying long-term investments with those as well. Yeah. So that's that's the goal for us right now. Um, I'm pretty happy with my job right now. It's pretty laid back and I get to do the uh, the passive investing stuff as well. So we'll see where it takes us. I'm not uh, super sure, but that's kind of the overall uh, expectation for the future. I mean, you guys definitely have a much greater head start than most people who are in your same position. Maybe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how about your wife? Is she also in like the real estate investing field? Yeah, so that's the cool part. We kind of make a really good team. So my wife, she got into property management when she was 19. We're the same age. And she just really worked her way up through the ranks. We met in Texas and we moved out here together. And she started working at different properties out here in the Bay Area and continued to work her way up. And she's really learned the ins and outs of that. And it's been a huge help on the legalities and, and different things like that that are really important to know and you can get yourself in trouble with. But she now manages a thousand unit property here in San Jose. She's a senior manager. And so she's getting that experience of being, you know, a systematized landlord. And we're able to transfer that uh, employee experience into our day-to-day you know, business outside of our W-2 jobs. Yeah. And it's cool that you guys are able to sync up and have that synergy going on. Yeah, that's fun. Is your properties in Texas self-managed? They are self-managed. Yeah, right now. We may eventually go to a property management company, but it's pretty easy because these are class A tenants um, in these rentals. They're pretty self-sufficient. But obviously, I'm still pretty new, so we'll see as time goes on. And you have a new construction property, so it's like should be little maintenance. Ideally, yeah. But so you have less less things breaking, and so there's a lot of things going in our favor. You've got the new house, and you have ideally pretty good tenants in that area. So awesome. So, what advice would you give yourself if you could go back in time <laughs> to when you were 21 and you first started reading Rich Dad Poor Dad? Oh man. I would say just get started sooner, even though it's fairly soon. Just jump in there and make mistakes. I was really afraid, especially closing on the first deal, that for some reason it just wouldn't ever work out. And I think I wasted a lot of time um, like out of high school, like mental bandwidth and not reading books soon enough and really getting my mind to work. And I'd probably be hanging around more positive people and more driven people in my early 20s that are where I want to be in the future. Yeah, that's a good answer. Do you guys, do you ever plan on moving back to Texas or do you plan to stay in the Bay Area and just doing this out of state? We, we do plan on moving back. So, you know, all of our families there, we love the Bay Area. It's an awesome place, but we would like to get back to Texas right now. So we'll probably... Like I said earlier, whenever we do leave our jobs within the next probably 18 months and go full time into this, that's when we'll probably move back. Yeah. By the time you guys move back, you're going to be full-fledged developers with a bunch of experience on your belt and they'll be just cranking them out. Boom, boom, boom. It's crazy. <laughs> and so one more thing to, sh- to share too. One of the big perks about our uh, current housing situation, we don't own a house out here in the Bay Area, but due to my wife. Uh, 
working as a property manager, we're able to to live completely rent free. That's kind of a a bonus for her. It's like a a non tax housing thing. So that's really awesome. That helps out. We can use all that money that we would have spent on rent or mortgage out here and just throw it into real estate. So. And what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm working as a contractor for PG&E and kind of helping them out. So on some of their, their gas line issues that they've had. So. so, I mean, while you're here, make the connections and uh, get all that Bay Area money so that when you go back to Texas, you can have them finance your deals. Exactly. Totally. All right. Super exciting. Yeah. A lot of great people out here. Cool. So do you have any final tips for our listeners before we end the show today? Yeah, I think the biggest tip is that you can do it if you, even if you don't have any kind of family connection and just find someone that's somewhat established and contact them and see if they're interested in, uh, in hiring them and the building for you. Because there's a lot of perks when it comes to building. You get a really nice house and you can typically get really rent for it, a really good rent for it and get decent tenants. So mm-hmm. that's it. And if you have a good connection or partner, then they can qualify for these local loans like you said, with the credit union. Yeah. And then yeah. get that 80% uh, <laughs> LTV on the final purchase. And this is a lot you're buying, right? There was nothing on the on the property at the time? The only thing on the property, it was cleared and it had everything ready to go on the hookups. Oh, they're already hookups. See, usually, at least from what I understand, a lot of the banks here don't want to lend on properties that are just raw land, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. So cool that you were able to find a, a sweet hookup like that. Yeah, I think so too. Awesome. Well, Jess, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, the best way to get in contact with me right now is probably just through my Instagram. It's just like my name, Jess White. And there's an S at the end, so Jess White. And I just started the YouTube channel last month. So still pretty new to that, but I'm really enjoying it because I enjoy video editing and uh, talking about financial independence and real estate. So awesome. We should probably collab sometime because I have a YouTube channel as well where I talk about real estate investing and all that jazz. That'd be awesome, man. By the way, I noticed that your thing was uh O'Hearn Homes. hmm Yeah, so that's that's our business name. It's my son's middle name. So it's our oh. O'Hearn Homes and it's the LSC is just O'Hearn Holdings. So oh, that's cute. Awesome. All right, Jess. Well, I hope to see you around at one of our local meetup events. I'll send you a link right away. And yeah, uh, looking forward to hearing more about your story. We'll definitely have you on later to give us a follow-up on what you do. Love it. Thanks, Sean. All right, Jess. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. Jess is able to get a loan for 80% of the final appraised value. That means that he doesn't have to come out of pocket with much money to build his homes. He's also able to make them cash flow on day one, which means that he can effectively achieve infinite returns on his projects. If you're interested in building homes out of state, find an established builder who wouldn't mind taking on your project for fifteen dollars to $20,000 as long as you finance everything. Get started early and be proactive. After a few years, you'll be able to live the life people dream about. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. And if you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group. We meet twice a month at meetup.com slash everythingrei. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.